following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease. Hey, everybody. This is Laurel, executive producer for Forbes Podcasts. Today, we're rebroadcasting our very popular episode featuring Ashlyn Harris, which was recorded in May of this year. And from all of us at Forbes Sports Money, we wish you very happy holidays. You know, I've... I've made the world cup team. And then I was cut from the Olympic team. I mean, you, you name it, you know, this is, this is professional sports. One minute you're at the top of your game. Like nothing can be bothered. Nothing can distract your incline to the mountain. And then all of a sudden, boom, it gets taken right out from underneath you. And it's, how do you deal with that? How do you rise again? How do you create a different path that, you know, maybe the one you were seeking isn't working out for you anymore? I mean, all these obstacles come up and that's life, that's sport, that's relationship. I mean, no matter what. Welcome to the Forbes Sports Money Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ozanian. On this show, we talk about the business of sports. Today, I'm speaking with Ashlyn Harris. She's the goalkeeper for the United States Women's National Soccer Team and Orlando Pride in the National Women's Soccer League. She's also a FIFA Women's World Cup champion. Ashlyn, I hear you're feeling a little under the weather, so I especially appreciate you taking the time. And I'll just start off. Do you got any sort of uh, ritual or anything that you do to get rid of a cold? Because somebody like you has got to be ready to play and go at any minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. We've uh we've been traveling quite a bit, so I think uh, you know, the travel's gotten to me a little bit, but um no, honestly, I I actually just try to sweat it all out. Um, you know, here in Orlando, it's really hot, so I'm fu- and fully covered and I'm just trying to sweat all this yucky crap out of my body at this point. Well, there's been some great news for women's soccer and in particular the league that you play in. You know, the new deal with A&E Networks, uh, it's a joint venture, I'm sure as you know, between the Walt Disney Company and Hearst, and they've taken uh, an equity stake in the National Women's Soccer League, and more important, the two are going to launch a joint venture, NWSL Media, which is going to oversee the league's global broadcast and sponsorship rights, production of league game telecasts, as well as live streaming and digital platforms. And, And I know as someone who has one child, a 10-year-old girl who loves soccer. Uh, She's so excited about being able to see more women's soccer, especially, you know, at that age, everything is streaming. You know, she's got her iPad out, and and she's always checking out women's soccer on her iPod. What do you think this deal means for women's soccer? Well, I think it, it just kind of stems from the growth, right? So if you bring it back to just the basics, the fact that something or a company like this even wants to invest um, is a huge sign. And it's a sign that we're going somewhere and we're going in the right direction. So, you know, for me, I, I've, you know, played in prior leagues and I've been around for quite some time now. And, you know, I really think this time it's it's being done right. And, and I think companies are looking at that being, 
wanting to be on board, right? So they want to be on board. They want to continue the growth. And, and a lot of these companies are backed by females. And, and that's so special because they're continuing to push the growth uh, of women in sports. So it is, it's a really exciting time for us. And it, it's a great feeling to feel uh, wanted and invested in. And that, you know, at, at some point, this is going to be, you know, big globally. I mean, there's so many great things that are coming out of this, and it's only been a short amount of time. And breaking away for a moment to thank Amica Insurance and LifeLock for supporting Forbes Sports Money. More about these sponsors later in the show. ESPN and uh, Disney, and I mean, they have such a global reach, and soccer, of course. We're, we're, we always seem like we're the last country to get interested in soccer. It's so popular throughout the world. And in particular, I feel like women's soccer has for years taken a backseat to men's soccer. You know, whether you're talking about uh, airtime or, or streaming time and coverage it gets on TV. Is there a big buzz among the players in the league that this is sort of a breakthrough moment for women's soccer? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it comes that comes with a lot of responsibility as well. You know, we have to put out a really good product so people continue to come back and, and want to keep watching and want to continue to invest. So um, it is a great feeling, but they're there. You know, we take this responsibility quite serious and we know that, you know, if, if people are wanting to put their money into us we got to also perform and we got to make sure people are coming back and people are wanting to continue to watch the games on tv and get the ratings up i mean those are important aspects of of what we're doing as well do you think lifetime is going to or maybe they have already uh actually uh asked some of the players like yourself or, or, or others or maybe even some of the other sort of uh women who help blaze the path like mia ham you know what will take what will it mean uh to have a good production what goes into a good production and, and, and by that, I sort of also mean social media, you know, somebody like yourself with so many followers on Twitter, for example. I, I, I'm hoping they get some of your input. Well, I, I think, you know, Lifetime and A&E has done such a great job of doing a lot of stuff before the season. We, we've done a, a ton of sound bites. We've done a ton of photo shoots. Um, so they're really pushing it. I, you know, if you turn on lifetime, you'll constantly see the commercials. Uh, they're pushing a, a bunch of content on social media and I mean, they've, it, it's been professional and, uh, it's, I've been really, really impressed. Um, they are definitely in this and they are committed and, you know, the constantly when we have games on, on TV, they have camera crews coming in early doing stories, you know, doing early sound bites. Um, they're a hundred percent in this and, and you can tell, you can see the commitment that they have to make this successful. And I, I think that that's important to, to note, you know, because it, sometimes it's a charitable thing, but for them, it's not. They they want this to be successful. They want this to be profitable, and um, they're investing a lot of not only money but time. Going through the lens of your career, uh, when when this deal was announced, and 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 you look at where women's soccer, how far it's come, did you sort of uh, have a flashback going back to, let's say, when you first started playing soccer? all the things you went through and, and seeing this as a moment where, you know, yes, you've been a national champion, uh, you're nationally known as a star, but this is sort of like 
a point where all of that is really paying off for the betterment of women's soccer? Yeah, I think, you know, our jobs become almost more touchable in a weird way for, for children. I think when I was growing up, I never got to turn the TV on, even now. Very rarely do you turn on the TV and and you get to see, you know, female athletes and role models like constantly on the networks. It it just doesn't happen that much. And I think when when young girls are, you know, having to make a choice of a successful career or academics or sports, I mean, I, I think if they can see how professional and how that this is a career and it's a good one. I think more people are going to be willing to do, do it and more women are going to be continuing to, to follow their dreams. I think at some point, a lot of these females have to make a choice where they have to get a real job or, you know, and I, I that makes me sad because now that they can see us on TV and, and now that they can see, you know, that we were world champions and that, that all these great things come from it. And it's such an exciting time. I think, um, that really reflects on our youth. And, and to me, that's the most exciting thing. Did you always want to be a goalkeeper? I've been a goalkeeper since, yeah, probably eight years old because I played with boys until I was 15 and they were just much faster than me. So I, I played in goal forever. How do I convince my daughter when she plays? She's always like, I don't want to be goalie. I don't want to be goalie. And I'm like, you got to try all the positions because you don't know really, you know, what you're going to like the most, what you're going to be perhaps best at. How do I convince her or should I even try to, to give goalie a shot? No, I, honestly, it's a mentality thing. And you'll have a group of young girls who are around and you'll be able to point out who will be best suitable for the position, who's not scared to get hurt, who's not scared to jump on the floor and dive into people's feet. I mean, you got to be a little different, right, to play in goal and do the things we do every single day and throw ourselves on the ground. So, um you know, if, if someone's not into it, I, I definitely wouldn't force them because you're not setting them up for success. But someone who's willing to get their hands a little dirty and who, you know, their mental mentality is just I'll run through a brick wall for anyone. I think those are usually the ones that stick. What's your thought process right now on concussions, particularly? There's been a lot written about whether or not, especially artificial turf, causes concussions uh, or, or more severe injuries than natural grass, and particularly for goalies like yourself? You know, I am not, I, I would hate to answer anything that I'm not sh- like 100% sure on. I'm not very educated in that department. But what I will tell you is this. Um, we have a lot of protocols now that we did not, we definitely did in the past didn't have. Um, we're taking all types of scans before um before season and it's all different memory and shapes and it's all that cognitive I'm not too familiar with it I don't know what it does but I take a ton of tests at the beginning of the year and any time that there's an injury or there's a field side impact test and then if you're not able to go you go inside and you have to take a computerized test and then be seen by a physician you didn't used to have to do any of that kind of stuff so I am I'm very happy because I do think it's a serious issue so I'm happy that they're taking the steps that are needed to not just throw people back into games 
and um, that they actually have some type of protocol that, you know, eases people back into it. Um, but I, I don't know statistically about anything with turf or grass or, you know, nowadays you, young kids aren't allowed to head the ball because their brain's still developing. You know, when I was young, you could kind of do whatever. But I, I see that they're taking the steps um, that clearly are necessary to protect people. You know, I'm, I'm looking at um, some of the things you've been doing and have done. You know, you're very big in connecting with fans. You know, it seems like even though you're not mandated to, you're always signing autograph, you know, sometimes for hours. And I, it brought back memories when I was reading this about you. When I was a kid, there was uh, a great hockey player, Bobby Hall. And he was sort of in, in the 60s, the ambassador of the NHL, which was trying to grow at that time. It was really a sport then in Canada and, and in the northeast of the U.S. And he used to stay for hours and make his teammates wait on the bus before they left the city to head to the airport. He'd be signing autograph after autograph. Um, do, do you feel, I guess, do you, do you feel that this is part of brand building on your end? Is it, or is it something that you know you just do, that you sort of were brought up to understand for whatever reason that this is something you're supposed to do? Yeah, I think that everyone has some type of calling. And like, for me, it's just connecting with people is something that I've really just come to love. And I, you know, I always say this. And to me, I I don't care how much I accomplish in my career. Um, To me, the most important thing is is how much I can impact people and change their life. And, And I think that is a I think we need more, more people like that in this world. You know, like I'm, I'm not, I don't think selfishly. I, I think, you know, how can I help someone else? And, um, you know, that's partly how I've been raised and, you know, what I've seen in my life. I'm always constantly, and I love to take adventures and open my eyes and see the world and share my scars. And I'm very open with my fans and, um, yeah, I don't think it's easy, and I don't think it's for everyone, but I think people will remember how you make them feel. Um, and a lot of these people have supported me when I had nothing. And um, I think it's a responsibility to be a good person and be a good role model and um, really take the time to inspire the next generation um, there, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with the job. And I think, um, most people take that serious and, and some people it's just not for them and that's okay too. And they might inspire in different ways. You also seem to be someone who's really in touch with your emotions and not afraid to put those emotions and stick them on, you know, and, and put them on Twitter. You know, I, I've looked at some of the things it's, it's almost like you're trying to rev up your teammates and stuff with, with some of your postings, um, was that something that, that you've kind of developed and thought of yourself over the years, or did you see no, other players do it? No, I, I don't think anyone's perfect by any means. I think, you know, sometimes my emotions can get can get the best of me, and, and, and at the end of the day, I'm human, and this sport is, is, um, what, is my job, and it's what puts food on the table, and I'm very serious about it. Um, I'm not content showing up every day just saying I'm a professional athlete. <clears throat> I think there's a unique balance that separates the the great from good. And I focus every day on how can I be great? I don't want to be good. Good's not enough for me. And 
um, sometimes you'll sense that in, in my, my press conferences or you'll, you'll sense, I, I want to win at all costs. I, I don't, I don't want to settle for anything for me, my mentality, this is, this is how I've been branded since I was a kid. I've anytime I accomplish anything, I don't even take time to enjoy it because it's like, what's next for me constantly. I'm moving forward. What's next. I don't take time to pat myself on the back or stay, um, just hovering in the same place. I I constantly want to push myself. I constantly want to be uncomfortable. And I like to hold that accountability to other people around me. And especially, you know, when it comes to, to my team, I demand a lot. I demand a lot out of myself. I demand a lot out of the people around me. And if they're, if they're not living up to the standard or I'm, I'm not, I expect, you know, people to tell me and I expect to tell others. So that's just the way I lead. That's, that's the way um, I tick and it's good for some people, maybe not good for others. It's misunderstood for some people and some people get it. It honestly just depends what kind of person you are and what revs your engine. You know what I mean? And we'll be right back after this quick break. Support for the Forbes Sports Money podcast and the following message comes from Amica Insurance. We're living in the age of the discerning shopper when savvy consumers increasingly favor brands that value authenticity ethics, and a great shopping experience. Amica is committed to being a company people trust. Visit meetamica.com slash Forbes and find out why 95% of Amica customers with combined auto and home policy stay with them. One more time, that's meetamica.com slash Forbes to find out more about Amica Insurance. When did you first realize or at least start to think to yourself that, you know what, I really can be a special kind of player? <sighs> it's hard. I, I, I don't know because every day I just show up and I do me. Um, I don't, I don't try to be anyone else. I know, um, I know what it takes to be the best. I know what it's like to lose everything. I know what it's like to fall short and I just try to take my experiences and keep moving forward and, and keep, uh, you know, just, sharing and and I'm a big sharer you know if I go through something in my life I think it's really selfish not to share that with someone in case they might have to go through it does that make sense like that's how I live my life like if I've been through something I want to make sure people know my mistakes you know and I and I think that's an important way to live life you know if you share your scars a little bit more maybe you save somebody else no I I think that's that makes a lot of sense and I'd like to take that a step further you know I believe there's going to be a, a lot of uh, uh, women listening to this and a lot of them uh, aspiring soccer players. You know, uh, you mentioned, you know, losing everything. What what were your lows uh, and, and, and how did you fight through them? I mean, if you play a career in professional sports, you're going to have a, a lot of disappointments. I, I mean, that's life, right? That's life in general. I have torn both of my ACLs back to back. I've been out for three years at a time. I've gone through extremely bad injuries where there were days I woke up wanting to quit and give up. I have dealt with personal, you know, issues where it's hard some, some mornings to get out of bed and continue, you know, pushing on or continue fighting through this type of lifestyle. That's constantly just, you 
people try to rip you down every chance they get, you know, flip your words every chance they get it. That's part of the job. You know, there a lot of people are critical in this world. A lot of people live behind iPads and computers and there's a lot of negativity out there and it's, it's difficult for anyone who says it's not, they're lying. So I, I mean, you know, I've, I've, made the world cup team and then i was cut from the olympic team i mean you you name it you know this is this is professional sports one minute you're at the top of your game like nothing can be bothered bothered nothing can distract your incline to the mountain and then all of a sudden boom it gets taken right out from underneath you and it's how do you deal with that how do you rise again how do you create a different path that you know maybe the one you were seeking isn't working out for you anymore I mean all these obstacles come up and that's life that's sport that's relationship I mean no matter what you know about 10 years ago I mean you had a I think it was a torn labrum in your in your right hip which occurred during a goal kick Yet you did not miss any games, I don't believe, following that, you know, and you started using your left leg. I mean, yeah. wh- where does that come from? Oh, man, I don't know. It's just I've, I've, I've been like that since I was a kid. I've been a fighter since I was a kid. Um, my brain ticks different than most, and I don't have the answers. That's the funny thing. A, a lot of people ask like how did you get this type of mentality I I don't know I don't know I always had these conversations with my college coach Anson Dorrance and we always we always talked about do you think leaders are born leaders are they inherent or do they do they are they do they learn over their lifespan how to lead and it's funny I don't know I feel like I was born a certain way and I just feel like no matter what happens and nothing holds me down. I, and it's it's weird. I, I don't I don't I have no explanation or why. It's just this who I am. I go, I go through and I'm looking at you know all the different teams you've played with and and some in Germany, Sweden, different teams in the United States. Um, how would you describe how playing on some of these teams, especially outside the U.S. Uh, have helped shape your career and brought you to the point where you are today as a talent, but, but also as a person. You know, just like I said before, I like to put myself in, in situations where I'm uncomfortable. And I think there's a really great, um, <clears throat> I think there's a, a lot of growth that stems from that uncomfortable bubble, right? So I always tell people, everyone's like, Oh, you live life on the edge. Well, I don't really live life on the edge. I, I am the edge. And I want to constantly put myself in uncomfortable situations where no one speaks the same language. How am I going to learn to communicate? I'm a goalkeeper. That's my job is to communicate. I have 10 players in front of me who don't speak English. Like, how am I going to make this work? Um, I love challenges. I thrive in challenges. I want to be in all different types. Um, Everything to me, and this is maybe different than the normal Joe, but everything in my brain is a competition. If I'm walking and someone starts walking faster than me, I start walking faster than them. Sounds crazy, right? But that is the way I'm wired. Competition is everything to me. And I can't have a kosher, easy game of ping pong. I have to win. Or I am like really angry and I'm not even a good ping pong player. (laughs) You know, they've said the same thing. You know, I've heard people talk about, uh, 
athletes like Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson, for example, and they say, you know what, you get into a card game uh, on a plane ride back from a game with one of those guys, and it's like, you know, they want to keep playing until they win. It doesn't matter what they're doing, but they want to win. Is that the way you are? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, it is. (laughs) It's just the way, it's the way I live. It's, I eat breathe, sleep, dream about competing, and it's it's been like that for my whole life. What, what do you want to do uh, outside of soccer in terms of, you know, perhaps other businesses or sponsorships? So many athletes now are getting into, you know, whether it be other media companies or uh, streaming <clears throat> or some have even gotten into apparel deals. It, does any of that interest you? Yeah, you know, I I'm <clears throat> I love fashion. I love designing. Um, I love self-expression. So uh, that's uh, fat. The fashion world is definitely something that intrigues me. And in designing, and um, you know, eventually tapping into that as much as I can. I've done a little bit in in the in the industry, but not very much. Um, but that's something that I. I w- enjoy doing. But you know, I love speaking. I you know, I love. I'm a big supporter of, um, yeah, you know, addiction, depression, suicide, self-harm, all those heavy topics that people aren't willing to really talk about. Um, I value the youth and I think the youth live in a really, really tough world these days with social media and bullying and all these things. So as much as I can do for them, um, to make them, you know, feel valued and important and beautiful and loved. Uh, I, that, you know, that's important to me. And that's always been my passion is, is to help other people. So there's, there's a lot of different things I want to do. And, um, you know, I, I definitely tap into those avenues as much as I can when I get the time. I find that really interesting. You're, you're mentioning helping people with addiction and cause for me, it's personal. Um, uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict myself, and for me, uh, I guess, geez, I guess maybe it's about 16 years of sobriety for me now. Uh, so I got, I got, yeah. So I, 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 yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Well, you know, one day at a time. When absolutely today's just one more day. So I got to ask you though, what what brought about your interest in that? I think addictions all around us. I think mm. uh, in some way or you know shape or form, we've been affected. Either we've you know abused ourselves or we've had someone close to us we've seen people slip and struggle and you know I've had you know friends take their lives I've been through all the different elements of it and I think too easily a lot of people feel a lot of regret like hey I could have done something more I I saw the signs but I didn't say anything like I should have asked how they're doing um, I think we're we're raised to kind of not talk about these heavy topics mm. that, you know, oh, this is should be kept between the family or, oh, I can't tell someone how I feel because they might judge me or shun me out of this group and oh, I just want to belong and fit in. And, and, and this is where, like, I, I really love gravitating towards young kids who, you know, maybe have these thoughts and and are not they haven't lived enough or experienced enough that no, knowing it's going to pass and it's going to be okay and um i don't know i just i've i've experienced it all in my life it's affected me personally and uh, like i i don't know i t- i really really have a deep connection to it and um 
I want to help people and I want to help people have, you know, have really tough conversations and, and know it's okay and know that it will pass. And, you know, it usually does. You know what, Ashlyn, if you, if you ever uh, need someone to work with you on any of this or to speak or whatever it may be, I'm always available. You know what? Well, I uh, that. Yeah. You know, um, I spend, uh, you know, as, as, you know, I'm sure you know many in recovery spend time with other people, whether it be somebody in prison, young kids, whatever the case. We we have a uh, uh, sort of a serious problem. In, I live in Glen Rock, New Jersey, and as we're finding out many of the athletes there are, uh, you know, opiates now with a big problem. And, you know, yep. uh, and, and, you know, you, you see these kids and I call them kids. They're juniors, seniors in high school. And they, you know, they're stars on sports teams, yet, you know, they've got this other thing going on in many instances. And so we're, we're trying to figure out ways to get in and, and reach out to them. And we're going to go talk to some of them. And we're, we're working with the uh, police department to try to get in it because the parents are always the last to know, it seems, yeah. you know, they, they yeah. don't know. And, and, you know, maybe if they could see somebody else, whether it's somebody like you who is held in such high regard or somebody like me who they don't know but yet at the same time can just share their story and say, look, I was once a high school, you know, baseball player. And, you know, next thing I know, I found out when I found myself at the age of 40, you know, uh, an alcoholic and an addict. And, yeah, you know, there is another way. You know, it's it's exactly. just a, it's it's uh, it's it's great then you do that you're doing that. Um, I know you're not feeling well, so I'm just going to hit on a couple more things and, I, and I'll let you uh, get back to what you've got to do, which is, you know, one of the things. Uh, again, it's all, of course, it's all about my daughter now, but I'm going to go back to, you know, your coach right now, uh, is, is, is such a great guy. Seems like to me, uh, Tom Sermani, um, at the pro, how important is it to playing for the right coach and, and, and what does the right coach mean to you? Well, I think for, for Tom, he has such a, a great balance of, of being very direct, but also being positive and approachable. Um, he has a very good balance. Uh, you know, he has an open door policy. You can come in at any time and he makes himself very approachable, which I can really appreciate. Um, but also when you're not doing your job, you're going to hear it. And I think that's important to hold players accountable. Um, and, and I, I value, you know, his experience, he's been around this game for a really long time and, um, he's so even keeled. You don't, you don't hear him standing up and just howling the whole game and being very, he, he's not distracting from what we're doing. He gives us the tools to be successful. And then once we take the field, then it's in our hands. Um, so I, I love the, those qualities about him. There's so many great qualities about him. And, uh, you know, clearly that's why he's here coaching for such a great club. Um, yeah, I, I would do anything for him. You know, I, he rallies this team and, you know, he he does what he needs to do to make sure we'll run through a wall for him. Um, so I, I value him so much and, and I'm very happy that he's the coach of this team. Um, so, yeah. Tom's a great coach. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Doing a lot of holiday shopping from your mobile device? Retailers expect 54% of holiday shoppers to visit their sites from mobile devices. Scammers see this as an opportunity to steal your credit card information and other personal data by distributing phony retail apps. 
Be cautious and only download apps from reputable app stores and read the reviews for any complaints about malware. One in four people have experienced identity theft. If you're only monitoring your credit, your identity can still be stolen in ways you may not detect. Thieves could sell your information on the dark web or get an online payday loan in your name. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats. If you have a problem, U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock can uncover threats that you might miss. Join now and get 10% off with promo code Forbes. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to lifelock.com and use promo code Forbes. That's Forbes to save 10% now. Can't get enough golf? Podcast One is the new home of Golflandia with Matthew Wiley. Every Monday, all season long, tune in to hear Matt talk predictions, tournament recaps, and interview guests from in and around the world of PGA and Euro Golf. He'll even talk business, branding, and family life because it all relates to golf. Download episodes of Golflandia every Monday exclusively on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, and Apple Podcasts. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease. You mentioned how competitive you are. What are some of the things you do uh, uh, outside of soccer, you know, to, uh, you know, get out there and compete and to push yourself? I, I, I like to have a good balance. Um, I, I love the ocean, so I'm constantly surfing. I love skateboarding. Um, sometimes I am super anxious, and when I get anxious, uh, I just paint. And I, I really love the creative side of like anything artistic. So painting, um, drawing, designing clothes and chopping up clothes and making different things, um, just for my brain to kind of rest. It's hard in, in our world, even though you leave the field, it's hard to just turn it off. Um, so th- those are the moments when I can kind of just escape and, and paint and listen to some music and calm down or go to a coffee shop and just breathe a little bit. And lastly, you know, the finances of women's soccer, you know, you, you mentioned how important this is, you know, in terms of how well you do and, and, and earnings and your livelihood is the sport at the state now, uh, where with the soccer league, do the women players still have to have other jobs or is there enough money to be made just from playing soccer? No, I, the, uh, no, not even close. Um, I mean, they're, they're, the salary numbers are out there, so it's no surprise. But the minimum, I believe, is 16000 in seven months. And then I think the salary cap for all players is a tad over it's probably somewhere in the 220 range I don't know it's something around there um so clearly it's it's better don't get me wrong really happy that it's better but it's not it's not there yet um it's not going to happen overnight Uh, these things just all of a sudden you don't start making six figures overnight because you get a lifetime deal 
Um, but it's getting better and it's a progression. And, you know, the good thing is, is we've been, this is our fifth year in the league now. So, um, we're doing something right by keeping expenses low. Um, because if we start paying people too much, then clubs start taking giant hits. Uh, the reality is we do have to have other jobs. Uh, the reality is if I was a man and you know, I'm, 31 now if I were to retire at 35 if I was a a male I probably wouldn't have to worry about a job or what am I going to do next Um, for a female that that's not a luxury Uh, as soon as I'm done I'm going to have to figure out quickly um, what's my next job what's going to pay my rent what's going to pay you know my house my bills my uh, my food on my table so you know hopefully uh, in the next 10 years maybe that changes um, I think there's been progress. Um, it's not where it is. That's that's the the reality of a female um, in today's society. I mean, we still make a lot less than a male, and we're trying to close that gap. But it's definitely not going to happen overnight. But the progression is there, and and we're doing better, and um, we're taking the right steps. We're not skipping steps. So I'm hoping, you know, in the next ten years, maybe some of these young kids get to live out a profession where they spill their heart and their soul into it. And when they hit 35 or when they hit time to retire, they don't have to stress about what they, what they're going to do next week. You know, I go back to the uh, 2015 FIFA women's world cup and the women's team won the U S and the TV audience was over 25 million on Fox. And I remember thinking to myself at that time, okay, there was, you know, it was the world cup in the late nineties and and then I thought sort of was going to take off then, and then certainly in 2015. And I'm convinced that just like with uh, certain sports here, like no one saw, for example, mixed martial arts uh, taking off, and now Major League Soccer, you know, the men's league is doing better. There's going to be a sponsor out there at some point who's going to take a chance and say, you know what, I'm going to sponsor a. a a woman soccer player, and it's going to take off and then it's going to really pick up for other women. Um, Do you think that's the way it's going to go or it's going to be more this continual slow grind? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I I don't think about it. I don't do it for the money, Um, clearly. You know, I'm an educated woman with a great college degree. I could be doing well in other in in other areas but this is what I feel like I was born to do and I think there's something said to be said about that a lot of these women do this because they love it not because they have to or not because they're told to or not because they're just content um we do it because we love it and we don't worry about we'll find a way we always do right I mean that's women are strong and and I think this is part of it you know we we love what we do and we want to keep this going for the younger generation and um you know I I don't know I hope uh, clearly I would love for someone to come knocking on my door saying they would pay me ridiculous amounts of money and it would help you know the league or help something but at the end of the day I don't think about that kind of stuff I'm, I'm just here to do my job and um be a good teammate and all those qualities that come with playing a team sport, you know, not so much individual stuff. How do you make ends meet? Well, I'm in a unique situation just because I'm contracted with the U S national team. Um, so I, my, 
my paid scale is a little different than um, with the club. I'm actually not paid through the club. I see. But but for most others, they take on other jobs, so they're essentially having one yeah. job during the season and one. Yeah. That, that that seems uh, that seems really really tough. And then lastly, you know, what's your take on where the national women's team is at this point? Well, I mean, we have a lot of young talent rolling in. Um, uh, I'm, I'm excited for, you know, a lot of young players that are coming up and making a statement. And, you know, I'm sure I, as everyone has heard, Mallory Pugh has left college. Well, she never really started it, but you know what I mean? Um, so it's, it's, it's changing. The women's game is changing. A lot of young players are deciding to not go to college to play, play what, play the game they love and and we have a lot of great young talent coming up so it the, the future is exciting you know we have time we have a few years now until a major tournament and we're just trying new things um, I think that's what a lot of people are seeing is a lot of different formations a lot of different lineups and a lot of different players um, we're just deepening the pool and that's just part of the process when we get closer to tournament time you know, everything starts to sharpen in and close off and you focus on your starting 11 and, you know, that your game changers and all that kind of stuff. So um, right now we're just exploring and, and trying new things out. Um, so it, there's some exciting stuff to be seen in the future and a lot of uh, young talent. What's the single thing you're most proud of at this point in your career? Honestly, the impact I've made off the field. Yeah, that would be it. The impact. Um, I get a lot of letters that I read and, you know, just people being open and talking about in some way or another, I've saved their life. And and to me, that's the most powerful thing um, that anyone can tell me is that something that I've done has changed or saved their life. So, yeah, you know, for me, trophies, they just get stored somewhere in the back closet of, of one of my rooms. Um, but those letters are definitely something I hold on to and what I value most about what I do. Is there any one letter you could share with us anything about? I mean, there's nothing. I mean, just off the top of my head, I get them quite often. And, and people come up to me and share their story about how they've been struggling. And, you know, and I've from doing some type of interview or talking about something, some type of heavy topic, it's help them seek help or talk to a friend or, you know, there's so many different things. Um, and so many different ages. I have had a woman come up to me in a restaurant who's, you know, 50 years old saying I was going through a really hard time and I watched one of your interviews and it saved my life. Wow. Um, yeah. Ashlyn, uh, you've been incredibly generous. Uh, you're, uh, You've had a great career, and from everything that I've read that talked about what a wonderful person you are, uh, the taste of it I got through this discussion, it certainly is true. And my offer holds at any time. If you need me for anything on the addiction side, I'm always here for you. All right. Thank you so much, and uh, vice versa. And congratulations on your sobriety. I love hearing that. Thanks, Ash, and have a great afternoon. All right. Have a good one. That's it for this episode of Forbes Sports Money. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with a comment or question, please email us at sportsmoney at podcastone.com. That's O-N-E dot com. 
2017 was a great year for us here at Podcast One, and we hope it was a great year for you. We launched new shows with Caitlin Bristow, Jim Harbaugh, Dick Enberg, and Randy Jackson. We've had some amazing guests stop by some of our shows, like Brian Cranston on Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. Juliet Louis Dreyfus on All of the Above with Norman Lear. And Jason Bateman on Spike's Car Radio with Spike Ferriston. We are looking forward to a bright 2018 with new shows coming online, like MySpace Tom Anderson. And we are welcoming back Dennis Miller to the podcast scene. This is Heather Dubrow. Happy holidays. Cheers. I'm Caitlin Bristow, and I want to wish you happy holidays. Hey, guys, it's Kelsey Knight from The Lady Gang. Happy holidays. We'll see you in the new year. From all of us here at Podcast One, we want to wish you a very happy holiday and a happy new year. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Garnishing your ham with pineapple? Pair it with a delicious Chardonnay to make their taste buds swirl. Deviled eggs are even better when paired with a light, dry wine like a bubbly Prosecco or a Pinot Grigio. For me, nothing beats recommending a great wine. And with such an extensive selection, I can help you find the perfect one in your budget. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine & More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.